All right. Hey, Vikings fans. Welcome into another episode of the Skull Hop. I'm Evan. I'm Austin. We're just a couple of dudes from Iowa. We like drinking beer, talking about the Vikings. Yes, we do. Skull. Cool. We'll talk about the beer in a minute, but first. Yeah, we are sponsored. So thank you to Big Top Ventures for sponsoring us today. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Big Top Ventures. Uh, if you're considering taking an all-inclusive trip to either Mexico or Jamaica, reach out to our friends at Big Top, Ven- Big Top Ventures. You can do that by emailing bigtopventuresllc at gmail.com. Again, that's bigtopventuresllc at gmail.com. They can get you the lowest rate possible on several all-inclusive resorts throughout the region. Big Top Ventures, step right up to your next big adventure. So thanks, Big Top Ventures. Yeah, thanks. We got the hat down here, and yeah, it's been fun to feature a friend of ours, a yeah. friend of the show. Yeah, they've been really good to us. They're yeah. sponsoring. They gave us a gift, which we're, we are working on uh, finding the perfect spot and a way to present that awesome Dante Culpepper signed jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've been really good to us. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about the beer that we're drinking tonight. Yeah. We have... Uh, the Peace Tree Brewing Company Red Rambler Red Ale. Uh, this was something that I picked out. And uh, if you know me, you know that I like anything in the red, amber, Oktoberfest family. Mm-hmm. And that's very obvious by the color of this beer. It's definitely a red beer. Um, but I got to looking through our list of beers that we featured on the show. And we only feature Iowa beers mm-hmm. on the show. Um and I noticed that we hadn't featured a peace tree beer yet. So this is our first peace tree. And I got to say, so far, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm liking it a lot. And while I don't really hate any beer, um, unless it's like a spicy beer or something like that, um, which is weird because I like spicy food. But anyways, I don't really hate any beer, um, but I don't normally just go for the ambers. Um, I'm usually more of an IPA guy, but... I mean, this is doing it. I think it's the time of year for me. I've, I've said it before. If it were like July 4th, I don't know how much I'd love diving into this one. But yeah, this is hitting the spot for me right now. I definitely like, and it it just looks good in the football mug too. Mm-hmm. It, just, it looks like a, that's true. It looks like a football. It's It's got that color to mm-hmm. it. I don't know. It's good. So thanks, Peace Tree. Yeah. Thank you, Ev, for school. School. It's a good one. Well, <sighs> Another tough week to talk about the Vikings. Yeah. Not a lot of... I mean, th- I, I shouldn't say not a lot of... There were some good things that happened. The final result was not good. No, I mean, anytime you lose, it's not good. And we could even go back to the Raiders game. Yeah, they won, but it still wasn't good. The best thing that came out of that game, other than the win, um, at least in my personal opinion is that they finally made the switch at quarterback. Um, which, that, that's been a controversial topic this week after the Bengals game, too. I've seen, um, maybe they're just a loud minority on Vikings Twitter, but a lot of people have been saying, it didn't work, get Nick Mullins out of there. And it, It's been obnoxious, actually, yeah. how many people have said that. And I can kind of see, like, okay, he threw two interceptions. The first one was just like a gunslinger interception. He tried to ball it out in the end zone, and the defender made a great play. The second one, the defender still made a great play, but that one was just a boneheaded, dumb... He was being sacked, and he didn't want to get sacked, so he tossed it right at the last second. 
and it didn't hit the ground. The defender, the defensive tackle, intercepted it, which good for that defensive tackle, heads up play. He, he made a great play as a defender, but my goodness, Nick Mullins made an idiotic play right there. However, I'm still, I'm still a Mullins fan. He was a step above anything we had seen since Kirk Cousins, and I know how exciting and electric those Josh Dobbs four quarters between two games were. Those were just like effort plays where Dobbs was running for his life, and he got he got some luck and looked good, but his luck and, ran out. And he wasn't. I don't think Dobbs was playing scared at that point. He was he was unhinged. He was just playing off the cuff. Like I'm in a new city with a new job, and I have a lot to prove. And I don't know the playbook at all. Mm-hmm. I literally just learned the center's name yesterday and yeah. I touched his butt for the first time. And, <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah, I, I think once Dobbs got into the system a little bit, uh, it, it just was clear that it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget. This is something that will always stick in my mind as a Vikings fan when I think back on the Dobbs era is when last week we were talking to Dustin Baker and he made the point and it was kind of comical, but it was absolutely true. He said, I don't think I have ever seen a quarterback get worse <laughs> after getting more time in the playbook. Now, I'm sure you could go back and be like, well, this guy, he played on a team for five years and he ultimately got worse. I mean, that could be injury or poor blocking or whatever. But like Dobbs, he got worse. It was like he said, like, I, I think you were kind of alluding to it. He was getting scared almost and like, I think you mentioned last week, the week before, there was an early hit on him in the Broncos game. And it was it like kinda, the first drive of the game. Yeah, and it kind of like maybe that was the final nail in the coffin of being his downfall. Um, I, I can't think of that hit, but I, you, I think you got a point there. Dobbs was not it. I think Mullins is it. And I, I don't think they move on to Hall until the season is 100% no chance at the playoffs. Mullins at least gives you that chance. Agreed. Well, and if we just look at Mullins' stat line and we compare it to Jake Browning, who is another backup. Former Viking. Former Viking. And we could talk about <laughs> how uh, he made a statement directed at the Vikings uh, organization. We'll Should get to that. never effing cut me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think, and I told you this kind of in our immediate reactions to the Bengals game. I said, I think Mullins marginally played better than Jake Browning did. Um, and, and I think the stat line proves that. He was 26 of 33, 303 yards, 9.2 average, two touchdowns. He did have those two picks. Mm-hmm. He got sacked three times for 22 yards, and he had a 99.9 rating. Yeah. I mean, outside of those bonehead picks which you can't take away those happened yep. we can't take them away but even with those he still put the team in a position to win and had the defense not melted midway through the third quarter all the way through the end of the game i i mean you're talking about a vikings win right now but again like you can't take the interceptions away you can't take the defensive meltdown away either although who was it was it t higgins that made that insane like he's like reaching over the pylon yeah. which Just, what a heads up play and it was totally 100 percent true and it, there was no like oh he stepped out or oh, i don't uh, the refs made no that was a true 
blue, awesome heads up play by him. And I think it was a Caleb Evans. Honestly, he couldn't have done much better on that play. I, I don't know. He was right on him. His coverage was great. Yeah. Um, Higgins, is that who it was? Yeah, it was T Higgins. He, he made the, he made the catch, but like he also gets, he's really good too. I don't think a Caleb Evans could have done much more than he did on that play outside of just doing better, I guess. Um, but yeah, how do you defend that? Like you, you just can't. And that's probably more on Browning being able to elude everything and throw the ball. I saw a clip somewhere of JJ going up to T Higgins after the game mm-hmm. and just being like, man, <laughs> that was something. Right. Like, and just like acknowledging like, that was that was an amazing play, mm-hmm. and like that's that says something when one of the best acknowledges someone else who does something really yeah. really well. So, and it's not like T Higgins is some no name guy oh, that no. just came out of nowhere and made one great play. He's really good. He's just also not Jamar Chase. I mean, any anybody on the same team with Jamar Chase, unless your name is Kirk or Kirk Cousins, unless your name is uh, Justin Jefferson, you're going to be less of a receiver than Jamar Chase, but. Yeah, seriously though, we'll, we'll complain till the cows come home. But I don't think we can refute anything. The Bengals—they won that game. They earned that win. There was not much controversy. It was just the Vikings were not the better team, and they melted down in, on the defensive side a little bit. And Nick Mullins had a couple of bonehead interceptions. And there were some poor coaching decisions. Yeah. Oh my, has been another narrative that's kind of run through. Uh, at least this season for Kevin O'Connell. I don't remember really talking about this last season at all, but I mean, last season it was just the the one score games and the heart attack games. Right, they just the ball bounced for the Vikings more often than not. But yeah, this year it's really highlighted how KOC he's not a good player of the game of football as far as a coach goes. Well, and there was that infamous scene uh in overtime brian flores the the second time kevin o'connell's trying to call this tush push play and flores is in his ear like dude take the time out take the time out and i heard some people throughout the week that were trying to claim like the timeout would have just been nice to give the refs a chance to spot the ball i think the timeout would have been good for kevin o'connell to just take a step back and go is this really what I want to mm-hmm. do? And it seemed like he made a very knee-jerk reaction. They tried the tush-push on third down. It didn't work. They were going to do it again. And I don't know what Brian Flores is thinking. Obviously, he has head coaching experience. Yeah. Um, but from my perspective, I think it would have just been better to like just press pause for a moment and think get your thoughts together mm-hmm. and is this the best play call that i can call to put my team in a position to win the game i have a backup quarterback i have a backup running back my offensive line is depleted like and i'm gonna throw the smallest guy on the team behind the quarterback <laughs> who i'm not a big guy and i weigh more than brandon powell yeah you're gonna put him behind the quarterback to try and push him towards the first down it just it didn't make sense and i think that timeout could have benefited Kevin O'Connell in many ways. Absolutely. Uh, there was a Annie Agar on TikTok and Twitter and really everywhere else. She does her like weekly her, recap. Yeah. Weekly I haven't seen NFL it meetings. Well, her, she usually does a joke for every team, even if it's a one liner, 
and her one-liner for the Vikings was something to the tune of, you guys really ran the tush push twice in a row and you got the elf on the shelf out there to push the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. Like, yes, you are not a big guy. You are, you weigh more than him. Uh, And especially when this team has CJ Ham, this team has TJ Hawkinson, this team has a really good offense, and Ty Chandler, who put out the best rushing performance the Vikings have seen this year, and they needed, what, six inches? Well, and, and we watched, I think it was the first or second quarter, they'd, they'd run a successful tush-push, they got the first down, it was great. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity came up again on third and inches or whatever it was, and they faked it, yeah. and they dumped a little pass to the right out to Ty Chandler, and he gets like six or seven yards mm-hmm. when they needed six inches, and it's like, yes, that was awesome, because it looked like they were just going to keep trying to do the Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia, tush-push mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, and they faked everybody out. I mean, they faked me out, mm-hmm. and here we go getting six yards when we needed six inches and like, okay. Yeah. And that I think in that overtime situation, you just run at the play before try to fake it again. I don't know. And Ty Chandler had been running well the whole game. I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like at this point, unless you are the Eagles who have figured it out, if you try the tush push, that's getting cute. And anytime, whether you and me, whether we've been sitting right next to each other watching a game or texting each other or on live, you know, talking to each other. Anytime the Vikings have tried to quote unquote get cute this year, one, it more more than often doesn't work. And we always, one of us texts the other one and says, Oh, there they are again, getting cute. They're not good enough to try to get cute. So don't get cute. You have a good offense use it like yeah i know you you need six inches but that doesn't mean the field is only six inches sure maybe you don't throw a hail mary attempt on a fourth and six inches but maybe just like run a play that you know is good for a couple of yards like i don't i don't know and i think koc did say they did that specific tush push at least the first time they were in the formation they were to try to keep the Bengals from being in their like goal line formation. So they spread everybody out a little bit and then they put Powell in motion to try to catch him off guard. But my goodness, you try it once and it doesn't work. You don't, you don't try it again. The second, the next play, what's the definition of insanity? Like that's really frustrating. A quick little side note that I would like to add with this whole tush push conversation. Um, there were some videos that came out because Jason Kelsey was caught um, with a false start penalty moving oh, yeah. the ball forward. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I, I didn't know that it was because he moved the ball forward, but I knew he got caught doing well, something. So he got flagged for a false start, mm. and everybody's just kind of like, what? What? How, how does the center get flagged for and at, when they went back and replayed, you can see Jason Kelsey put his hand on the ball and then kind of lurch it forward a Almost couple. Almost like of, he's adjusting himself a little bit, but really, but really just himself a couple inches. So it makes you wonder if you know the Eagles' success at the tush push play has largely been a result of Jason Kelsey. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far to say cheating, sure, but you know 
bending the rules of the game in the favor of the Eagles because they have been by far and away the most successful oh, yeah. team to pull off that play. They've done it countless times and mm-hmm. it's worked pretty much every time for them. So, And I know you're not saying that they're cheating and, oh, this is whole no, controversy, not. but it, it does make me want to kind of pay more attention in any football game to the center as he walks up to the ball just to see is it something every center does as he gets down does he kind of adjust himself a little bit or is that just a that one play uh, jason kelsey kind of went a little rogue i my gut tells me it's probably just something out of habit to some extent most centers do a little bit but there could be something there it seems like though in that philadelphia game um that the refs were watching for it because they'd been alerted to it previously at least that's what the commentary had kind of made us as the general viewing public believe Mm -hmm. um and i mean they saw something and when you go back and watch that specific play towards the end of that game you can see it and it's kind of clear as day like yeah he does try to advance the ball before the play starts yeah and that shouldn't be allowed like that there should be a rule that says this is where the ball is placed and i think this opens up a whole other conversation about the nfl in this day and age and the technology involved Mm -hmm. and like let's just put chips and footballs and I think there already are some chips. I think and to some extent but, they do, yeah. But like, let's like let's figure out this like ball in position on the field, uh, ball in space type of thing, and and let's just like get a little more scientific with that mm-hmm. and make it a little less subject to human error and cheating or not even cheating, but just bending the rules slightly. Like mm-hmm. I think the Eagles have done and let's, let's just make it a little more precise. Yeah. Well, and to that point, I think the NFL does test around with stuff. Cause I, I feel like for years we were saying all the time, like complaining to the point where it's like, you guys have pylons at every end zone line, put a camera right there too. And it could have been in the last few seasons, they definitely have cameras in those pylons now. They even... With the first down markers. Yeah, they even... Yeah. I don't know if they've always had pylons at the, the line of scrimmage and the first down markers. They do now. Yep. And those pylons have cameras in them, and they've, they've kind of made for some really cool footage, too. Oh, for sure. But I, you wonder, how many games did they have 10 years ago where they kind of tested that out a little bit without making it public, without saying, hey, guys, we're going to put cameras in this pylon, and not even show it on TV, just kind of see like, does, are we able to see anything? I wonder how often they try things out. Sure. There's probably some things like for player safety and stuff that they have to be, excuse me, be public about. But for all I know, they're trying out technology of chips in the shoulder pads or something, or some kind of a spatial recognition thing. And they just don't tell anybody, which I mean, Maybe they don't have to. So I'd be interested to know stuff like that if they've ever done that. I think we'll continue to see some advancement in the technology of the game going forward too. Like I don't think pylon cams and stuff like that is the end of the line. I think no. we're we're really just at the tip of the iceberg for what could be in terms of technology in football. And, yeah, and I don't know about you. I'm for it. If it oh, yeah. improves the quality of the game, do it. I mean 
there are some fans that are like, no, it's just got to be the refs, and if they don't see it, it didn't happen. Like, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, you don't want to take the human element out of it because I don't care how much AI or technology you have. There's always going to be something where it's like a human can see that that's see what the right call is slow-mo real-time whatever sometimes ai or technology is not going to be able to get it 100 percent right all the time but i'm a fan of trying things out make the game better if you can and i think there are some things you can do that just take the element of human error out of it mm-hmm. or just make the game better like if we were to step away from football altogether and you look at baseball the introduction of the pitch clock really changed the landscape of baseball this for last the better season. and yeah i would say for the better I, th- I think it was a really good baseball season i think a lot of the players were leery about it especially pitchers and catchers um, because they're the ones that have to really deal with the ramifications of mm-hmm. being on a clock like that um, but i mean the average time of an mlb game went way down yeah and i don't know if viewership went up uh yet but i would say in the next several years we might see a trend upwards that i can tell you this i mean i'm not a huge baseball fan right now if i'm gonna be enthralled by a baseball game it means the twins have somehow gotten to the playoffs and have a chance of winning like i'm a fair weather twins baseball fan that's about it otherwise i'll go to a game and enjoy the atmosphere but that's that's the the cap of it however if I'm a six-year-old right now and just starting to kind of enter the idea of liking sports and a baseball game isn't five hours, it's two hours, and I can kind of be intrigued by that, maybe the six-year-olds now are more apt to like baseball because it's not as long and drawn out. So 20 years from now, you're going to have theoretically more people who like baseball and who are diehard baseball fans, and maybe that one little tweak attributed to that. Could be. So, yeah, I'm a fan of improving the game for the for better. Sure. Um, well, let's come back around really quick because I found this interesting stat um, that Janik Eckhart had posted on Twitter. Just coming back to the quarterback conversation that we were having earlier. Um, and I guess my knowledge of some of these stats are fairly elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, me too. But Janik Eckhart posted this picture on Twitter and he says Vikings fans are calling for KOC's job after (laughs) he uses that Shanahan witchcraft is a moment I will still laugh about in decades and he is uh, using that caption to refer to this picture of um, quarterbacks being ranked on EPA and CPOE composite which I kind of understand EPA estimated points, points? added, right? Oh, okay. No, you would have to explain it to me. Um, that's a that's a Dustin Baker type understanding of stats. I think it's estimated points added, and I am by no means a statistician, um, but I think it's just basically like how many points could a team expect to add to their total if this player is on their team okay. or not? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I can't even begin to explain to you CPOE and I could have just completely destroyed EPA. <laughs> I don't know. Not an expert, not a statistician. I apologize. <laughs> but what is interesting is number one on this list is Brock Purdy. No surprise. Sure. He's 
he's played pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Number two on this list, and this is minimum of like, I think 50 plays, 50 um, snaps taken at the quarterback position. So give or take one game. Yep. Nick Mullins is number two hmm. in this EPA plus CPO, CPOE composite. Jake Browning is third. Um, Kirk Cousins is seventh. Patrick hmm. Mahomes is ninth. Jalen Hurts is eighth. And I wonder how those numbers would change if you made that minimum 300 plays. You know, I, I don't know. But right. that is still interesting. Right. It, it's just and, – and what it why I think what it does say for sure right now, one conclusion that we can draw is the sample size for Mullins is very small. I mean, he has 56 plays to Brock Purdy's 457. Yeah. Um, you know, to a – has 524 Dak has 592 Jared Allen has 614 Jared Allen's back in the league not Jared Allen sorry <laughs> Josh Allen my fault I just saw Jay Allen sorry if I had to it's do like that. a Freudian slip almost <laughs> that'd be cool though Jared Allen playing quarterback for the Bills it I'd would, watch that I mean I'd watch it no no disrespect to Jared Allen ever it is even in his prime he's not a quarterback <laughs> <laughs> He, didn't he long snap, though? He might have something in his Maybe. arm. I think that's how he tried to make it in the league to begin with. Maybe. I, I guess I bring that up, and I, pu- I put that in our notes here, just because I find it interesting that in at least some statistical world somewhere, somebody can justify Nick Mullins as the second-best quarterback in the <laughs> league right now. And that's got to be worth something, sure, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think realistically... I, I don't understand the thought that some of the Vikings fans have behind benching Nick Mullins. I think it's all based on those two interceptions. Okay, three things. The two interceptions and the fact that they lost. The quarterback sneak, I don't blame Nick Mullins for those two failed sneaks. Sure, maybe he could have done something different to make sure those plays happen. I think he like almost fumbled the second snap, but... I don't blame him for that. That's more of a coaching decision to make the play call. I'm happy with how he played. That's the closest to Kirk Cousins we've seen since the Packer game when Kirk Cousins went down. Um, I think people are excited because they think Jaron Hall is this next coming of Jalen Hurts or whoever, which maybe he is, but like, Probably not. Like, more likely that he's not the next coming of anybody. Like, I don't I don't know. We could literally be saying that about Dobbs. I'm sure there's plenty of Vikings fans that are saying, ah, no, Dobbs at least gives you the mobility. No, I, I think you stick with Mullins because that's what the offense is tailored around. Until you get to the point that maybe, like, if you lose the next two games and there's literally 0% chance of making the playoffs – then then maybe try some new stuff out. But I don't think you go to Hall just because. Yeah, I'm with you, I, especially when playoff hopes are still very much alive. Mm-hmm. You stick with Mullins. He played well. Yep, those interceptions really sucked, and you wish you could have those back. He wishes he could have those oh, back. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, and to some extent, losing the game wasn't his fault down the stretch anyways yeah i mean you could definitely say oh if he didn't throw those interceptions i mean they were both 
on the Bengals side of the field. The one was when they were in the, the red zone. They might have both been in the red zone. I don't know. So you could argue that, that those interceptions cost at least a field goal per interception. Um which, I mean, in that sense, they went to overtime. They wouldn't have gone to overtime if they had six more points. But they were early enough in the game that, I don't know, I'm, I'm not blaming the loss on those two interceptions. I don't think you can fully. What do you think about the defense and the meltdown in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I mean, it really started in the third quarter. And they, they allowed three straight touchdown drives. Um I don't know. Did we talk about it on the mic? The the T Higgins touchdown, that was just that was just ballers balling out. I mean, Caleb Evans, his positioning was great. He played it well. He didn't commit a penalty. I don't know how much better he could have done. That was just T Higgins and what Browning doing their job and. How can you, when T. Higgins extends his arm out to barely get the ball over the end zone, the the, the that's, line? That's 100% T. Higgins. Yeah. That's not even Browning at that point. Like, kudos to Browning mm-hmm. for making the completion and getting them to the three-yard line or the two-yard line or whatever it was. But yeah. it's all T. Higgins to have the presence of mind to reach back and yeah. score that touchdown. And that's just, he gets paid too. You hear that every once, hear that every once in a while. Like the other team, those guys get, get paid too. They have a job too. They're going to win sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the biggest, more than either of those two interceptions of Nick Mullins, the biggest deflator of the whole game was that third and 21, the Vikings let the Bengals complete. If they don't get that, it's a whole different ball game. And again, yeah, you could say if they don't pick off Nick Mullins twice, it's a whole different ball game. But that was just the defense melted down. They allowed three straight touchdown drives. Um, and then they had a really good first drive in overtime. Yeah. Which was completely negated by the terrible coaching decision to go for it twice on third and fourth down with the same terrible tush push. Brandon Powell doesn't need to be on the field for a tush push. Like, yeah. So the defense, they allowed the overtime to happen, but they played well in their first drive of the overtime. And then, you know, they allowed the the big play that led to a field goal for the overtime loss. But frustrating game. And if, if uh, Joe Burrow was the quarterback and the Vikings lost 27 to 24... I think it stings a little bit less, but they had their backup in there. Who's been playing really well, but he's still backup. He's still not Joe Burrow. And a backup who had some spite, some vengeance mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the Vikings. Which I told you, I can see that that vengeance. I would feel the same the same kind of way if I had gone through something like that. Because he, he won the number two job. This is Jake Browning. He won the number two job when he was a Viking and got cut because the guy that didn't win the number two job was drafted, and that's Kellen Mond. They they wanted to make sure Kellen Mond was on the team, so they got rid of uh, Jake Browning. So I would be spiteful too. If, if you earned a job, if you were the better guy and you lose your job just because of you know draft status, that's that's a little – that's sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I I don't fault him for feeling the way that he feels. I do think he could have maybe 
handled himself with a little bit more class on the sideline this last weekend. Um, and even in his press conference, I think he could have been a little bit more like, yeah, no hard feelings. I get that the, the guys that cut me aren't there anymore. It's all good. Nothing but respect for the Vikings, but I knew I had something to prove and I did that today. Yep. I mean, it could have been as simple as that. And I think Vikings fans would have a much different opinion about Jake Browning. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people out there think that he's just some, you know, selfish, arrogant <laughs> jerk who beat us. And now he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I do have a personal mentality about, I mean, if if you win, you get a little bit of bragging, right? It's like, Sure. And this is really this streak of his right now. It's not just against the Vikings. He had what two other wins on top of that? Yeah. He's he, been playing he's, well. He's been playing well. Yep. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of get a little bit of a leash to 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 gloat a little bit. And as Vikings fans, we have no recourse. We can't say, Oh, well, no, you suck. Because I mean, <laughs> he won. He 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 and his team beat us and our team. And Sometimes he's got to take your medicine a little bit. Like, yeah, that sucks. And yep. sure, it makes him look like a, you know, too cool for school 15-year-old quarterback that just threw his first <laughs> touchdown in high school. Um, but, I mean, he won. He Like, you can't argue too much until he, if he was talking all this and then kept losing, like, okay, dude, be quiet. But, like, I think I think we would have much less negative things to say about Mullins had the Vikings won. Oh, absolutely. And we wouldn't even really be talking about those two, even if he would have fired those two miscue interceptions. And even if the tush push had failed and the Vikings get another opportunity in overtime to mm-hmm. go down the field and score, like who cares at that point? Like, Oh, Nick Mullins, like we finally got our guy. He threw for 300 yards and he had a decent completion percentage. He had a decent, he had a 99.99 rating. Like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go. We got at least 70% of Kirk back. <laughs> yeah, let's least. make this playoff push, you know? So, yeah, winning games definitely influences the lens through which you view these players oh yeah for sure. absolutely and it's it's influencing how even we're talking about browning versus mullins oh yeah for sure 100 percent. i just un- until he has nick mullins has a game let's say he goes out against the lions and everybody else plays perfect and the defense does their job like they have shown that they can and then Nick Mullins throws two bonehead interceptions, then that's a little annoying. But, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. And the defense was doing their job against the Bengals until, what, midway through the third quarter. It just Yeah, it just kind of seemed like everything they had done to that point just kind of unraveled. One big thing that is going to help out the defense – Mm. I've got the injury report here, and today's Wednesday, and it's the first day of the week that the teams have to release an injury report. Um, the Vikings had a handful of did not participates, which we'll talk in a little bit, but I think the highlight for me of the injury report is Jordan Hicks, middle linebacker. Uh, he had that what compartment compartmental whatever compartment it was. syndrome, yeah, yeah, that which apparently is really scary, and had they not had 
you know, the fast acting personnel they did. He could have gone as extreme as losing his leg. Like, mm-hmm. that could have been nuts. Um, but he had surgery. He's been on injured reserve for a little while. And they just opened up his 21-day uh, window. Today was his first practice, which I think it was a walkthrough. I think today wasn't a full padded practice. Um, but he was a full participant. He was the only one on the injury report that is listed as a full participant, which I think that's huge. That's super encouraging. To me, that's saying he's good to go. Like, Yeah. I, I guess I don't know what they said in the press conferences. I didn't watch any of that today. But to me, having that full next to your name on the injury report, you're good. You're you're quote-unquote probable to play the game. Um, and I watched, I watched his locker room interview. I think it was yesterday, so it would have been mm-hmm. Tuesday. Um, and he was just very optimistic with reporters. He wasn't um, quick to say, yep, I'm going to be out there. Um, he's but also he was, a pro, so he's going to give yeah. the answer like, oh, yeah, it's up to the coaches. <clears throat> but he was, also, he was also just optimistic. Like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, I don't feel bad, and the hope is that I'm able to play. And, you know, we're going to try it out tomorrow and Thursday and see what happens, and we'll go right. from there. And even even if he's not 100, 100%, if, if he suits up and he plays, you know, 50% of the snaps, the snaps that he would have, I mean, that's okay because right now you got Ivan Pace, who is playing really well. And, I mean, he can kind of fill in the gaps if uh, Jordan Hicks – needs some gaps filled, you know, if he if he needs to take more plays off than normal. And that's only going to give Pace more experience and more more reps with the green dot on his helmet, which is only going to be good for future Viking years too. So, yeah. Ultimately, even with that defensive meltdown, I'm not I'm not worried about the defense quite yet. The Bengals just had the number. They just they made the the plays when it didn't look like they were going to. The third and twenty ones and the the fluke interceptions. Not fluke. They were I mean bona fide interceptions, but yeah. The one the one to the defensive lineman. Yeah, that was that, just a dumb play. That was a bad play. I mean and we've talked about this. I don't necessarily mean to rehash this, mm-hmm. but like I think one of those in- interceptions was definitely justified. Like, yep, it was an ill-advised throw downfield um and hopefully mullins can learn from that but hopefully mullins can learn from (laughs) you're literally like nearly on the ground and yeah in a guy's lap just Just, take the sack yep at that point just unless you have a clear shot to throw it out of bounds and I don't even remember that play very well if that was like a third down or if they were on the verge of being knocked out of field goal range. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But sometimes, I mean, it's always better to take the sack than to give the ball away. Right. I, don't, I can't think of any other time when it's better to just hand the ball away than to take the sack. But well, I think I think we should talk about what happens from here. Mm-hmm. Um. And we've got a little uh, screenshot here on our notes from a friend of the show, Dustin Baker. <laughs> yeah, we can we can exploit that a little bit, uh, milk that relationship for all it's worth, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were following him on Twitter and 
referencing his tweets before. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we're anyways. we're in the wrong for no, for no. saying friend of the show. No. Um, but anyways, Dustin had uh, tweeted earlier today, I believe. Um, playoff probability for the Vikings the rest of the way, mm-hmm. and he's broken it down game by game. So the Vikings win out. They beat Detroit, beat Green Bay, beat Detroit. 100%. We're in the playoffs. In the playoffs. And we are NFC North champions because... Maybe. Uh, I guess we do need help from the Cowboys. The Cowboys will have to beat Detroit on that in-between week, week mm-hmm. 17, for that to officially be bona fide and happen for yep. sure. Um, so, but regardless, if the Vikings win out, they are 100% in the playoffs. Even if they lose this week and then beat Green Bay and Detroit the following two weeks, 99% chance. Mm-hmm. Um, beat Detroit twice but lose to Green Bay in the middle, 98%. Um, win the next two but lose the final game of the season at Detroit, also 98%. Mm-hmm. So like any combination of winning twice, losing once, 98% or better. Which makes you feel good to think that you could lose and it's not the end of the world yet. Right. It just makes it a lot more difficult. But yeah, yep. it's not a... The playoffs haven't started right now. But then you get into the two-loss category and that's where things get more complicated. The best-case scenario is you lose to Detroit twice, but you beat Green Bay. That still gives you a 42% chance. Um, if you beat Detroit the first time and then lose the final two, 28%. If you lose the next two games, but then beat Detroit in the final game, 26%. Hmm. If you lose all three, there's still a (laughs) 0.5% chance that the Vikings make the playoffs. But if you lose all three, you're sitting at seven and 10, right? And, and and in that scenario, you're doing what you did on our YouTube video not too long ago, and you're basically clicking lose on every other right. NFC team's record. Um, yeah, that I I mean, he said it as much with saying 0.5 percent chance. If they lose all three, you're not going to the playoffs. Like it would yep. be the craziest thing. And then if that 0.5 percent chance happens, you lose all three, and you do make it to the playoffs. You're not beating anybody in the playoffs. <laughs> you're, you're you're probably not beating really anybody in the playoffs if you win the next three. Like it's it's going to be tough. Although I said you, months you kinda, ago, if they if they fight, scratch, and claw their way into the playoffs, even right now, you said they're it last be a week. Tough team. You said it last week. You said you you said it early this season, and then you also said it again last week. Yeah, if if they make it to the playoffs, they'll be a tough team. Mm-hmm. They may not win, but They'll be a tough team, and I, I agree with that. I, I think this team has proven itself to be tough, to battle adversity, and to, to win tough games, even when situations are difficult. Yeah, and they host the Lions this week. I think currently the line puts the Vikings at home underdogs. Yep. Um, and the Lions just won, what was it, 42-17 to 17 last week? Like... They're they're not the Lions of old. Regardless of what happens in the next three weeks, the Lions are a good team. And yep. I, I, we've both been saying the Lions are a, the team to beat in the NFC North. 
we've been saying that for the past year probably been saying that since the season started yeah, yeah definitely since the season started but probably even like at this time last year like the lions were their second half of the 22 yeah, they season came on strong last yeah. year too they beat sure. the vikings in the second half yeah. of the 22 season so i mean they're they're no chumps it's not just a cakewalk they're not the lions of old the packers have i think they lost last week but they've figured something out which is really annoying um, their defense is still bad. Yeah. They want Joe Barry gone Yeah, yesterday. Which, <laughs> which, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they can keep him forever. Um, but, yeah, they host the Lions at home with, theoretically, a healthier J.J., which I think, I get the sense J.J. was fully good to go last week. He was 100%, 100% healthy. Even in the Raiders game, taking him to the hospital, I get the sense that that was a heavy precaution. Yes. Like, it, it's not like he was complaining about his lungs or anything. Um, he was saying he was yelling and watching the game on mad. his phone. Yeah. Um, so I really, truly think he's as close to 100% as you can be in week, what, 17, 16 of the NFL season. Um, and who knows? Maybe those, those weeks off, nursing that injury kind of recharge some batteries for him a little bit that could prove to be better i i don't know that's just me guessing here um i'm hopeful i'm encouraged by jordan addison's resurgence um albeit with a much better quarterback than we've had starting at quarterback for a while and i don't think that's a coincidence um i think the defense is only going to get better with jordan hicks although the injury report does list Daniil Hunter as a did not participant today with an illness. So hopefully that's something he was just not feeling great today. He got a veteran day, little illness day. Hopefully he's okay. Under the weather, hopefully. Yeah. Um, the rushing game. I mean, it's one game, so it could not turn into anything. But Ty Chandler, we've been, we were calling for Ty Chandler. And then they traded for uh, Cam Akers, and then we were calling for Cam Akers, and now he's he's out for maybe the rest of his career. And now we're calling for Ty Chandler again, and after weeks and weeks and weeks, we finally get Ty Chandler, if only because of an uh, injury to Alex Madison. And what does Ty Chandler do? He freaking balls out. Had the best rushing game of any Viking all season long. Yeah. So that's encouraging. <laughs> and that's with uh, an offensive line who is still not – not a hundred percent brian o'neill again he's he's still down with an ankle injury he didn't practice today and who knows maybe that's a season ender hopefully not but i mean yeah the injury report is not it's not, not empty but it could be way worse harrison phillips oof, was he out against the Bengals? I'm just noticing that. I now. don't think he came out against the Bengals. Not that I saw. I could have missed that. But it says he was out of practice today for a back injury. Hmm. That sucks. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> well, we were talking. I think before we started rolling about some other players that have been kind of MIA for the Vikings. You had some intel oh, yeah. on Marcus Davenport. Well, and yeah, you talk about the Vikings defensive line and missing a guy like Harrison Phillips. What's happened to Marcus Davenport? I mean, really, if you think about it, and I might be proven wrong, but I think he's only made an impact on this defense during, I think it was the Panthers game, way back in, what, week three, 
week four, and outside of that game, he has not been either, he's either not been on the field or he's not done anything, and he's been on injured reserve for a while. Um, and Darren Wolfson on Twitter, or maybe it was the radio, I saw it on Twitter. Um, Darren Wolfson was saying that Marcus Davenport, who was on injured reserve uh, for, I believe, an ankle injury or something in his leg. Um, I think it was his ankle. He's been out of a walking boot for 10 to 14 days at this point. And the sense that Darren Wolfson's getting is that, I mean, Marcus Davenport is probably not going to play at all the rest of the season. And he's on a one-year deal, and he's not going to be a Viking after this year. They're not even going to try to sign him. Um, which I think he had like a $13 million deal this year. That's a lot of money for a guy who really made an impact on one game. And Wilson also kind of alluded to the idea of sometimes a player has to want to get healthy and want to put in the work to get on the field and get in the game, regardless of injury status. And he kind of made it sound like that, that want isn't there for this player particularly, which if, if he doesn't have the work ethic or have the desire, then he doesn't get to be an NFL player, at least not on the Vikings. Like he's, he's been a guy that's been, he's never lived, lived up to his expectations and in his NFL career. And maybe there's something to it. I don't know. I don't know the guy. I'd, I'd, I'd feel bad talking negatively about a guy who one will never hear this, but also I don't know him. <laughs> like, yeah, but what about like Lewis Seen too? Like oh he's gosh. he's been another mystery player who and like we another player we talked about before we started recording. But like he's been in street clothes for the last I don't know ten games, and I think he's like technically healthy too. Yeah, so I don't know if it's a he isn't learning the defense well enough, or and like I said. I, I don't know if the mics were on when we were talking about this a little bit ago or, or either, but at this point, if you're going to put Lewisine on the field at safety, who are you going to take off the field at safety? He's not coming on the field in, in when you're taking off Harrison Smith. I mean, a healthy Harrison Smith is on the field. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's on the field not taking every play, Yeah, period. Uh, Metellus so, is the Swiss Army knife. He's yeah. going to be on the field almost Cam as Bynum, much as Smith. Bynum has played great. And, yeah, usually there's only two safeties on the field. Metellus might be a linebacker, defensive tackle, hybrid, whatever he's playing that play. <laughs> but usually you're seeing two safeties. I, I think we just named three names that you're not going to put Scene on the field ahead of either of those three names. And then it seems like, what's his name, Theo Jackson? Seems like he's higher on the depth chart, too, because he at least gets in on special teams and the occasional defensive snap. I just think, I mean, again, a guy I don't know and I'll never meet and he'll never hear my words, but I don't think it's he's, it's there for him, whether he shattered his ankle or not last year. Like, he's just not good, and he's not better than the guys ahead of him. He's just not getting the opportunity. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not complaining about the play of Metellus. If he's playing well... He's got to be on the field. No. Harrison Smith, you can't take off the field. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, other than some of these late game collapses, like we experienced with the Bengals, you can't really like. You can't really fault our defense. You can't fault the players, and you can't fault the coaching. They've done everything, and in fact, like two weeks ago, they're the reason we won that game. 
against oh, absolutely. the Raiders. Yeah. Because the offense wasn't going to do anything. And so. it seemed to wake something up in the Raiders because they came out and scored. <laughs> what, what did they score? Was it 60-something? 60 60, 63, I think. Jeez. I think they the definitely Chargers. broke a record of like the biggest point differential between one, from one week to another for any given team ever. Yeah. Well, and um, they got Staley and the GM fired. <laughs> yeah. They also, I think I saw too, um, the Raiders, they're the first, or they, they broke their team record for points scored in a game. Mm-hmm. And the week before, they literally got the fewest points you can get in a game, which is zero. So they went from the least you can get to the most they've ever gotten in less than a week because yeah, that because, was a Thursday night game. Yeah, they played a Thursday night game. It's impressive. Yeah. Definitely impressive for sure. Well, looking ahead to the Detroit game. Yeah, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but yeah, what are your what are your initial thoughts on that game? Well, I've already heard uh that Mullins is probably going to start mm-hmm. again, and that seems logical to me. I don't think you take that away from him despite a loss and despite the unfortunate turnovers i think he still played well enough and i i still hold to the fact that i think he played just marginally better than jake browning mm-hmm. um quarterback versus quarterback mm-hmm. uh on saturday so i i think i think you give him another opportunity oh absolutely um and you know at this point for mullins mullins i think uh this is a whole new thing like divisional game playoffs are kind of on the line Mm -hmm. it will be his first i think his first time ever playing in a regular season game at u.s bank stadium Hmm. i don't know that he's ever played like even come in for a play i i might be wrong on that he's definitely never started at u.s bank stadium uh so it'll be a nice little they don't have to travel that's I, I wonder how much traveling actually is a hindrance on a team. It doesn't seem like the home team wins every single time. I mean, the away team wins feels like just as often. But it is nice to think they will be at home. It's one less thing they have to worry about. Mullins, it's, I mean, it's his job. He can feel good about how he played outside of those. If you want to throw in the the two failed tush push plays outside of four plays mullins played really well enough to win the game he did have a few of those like questionable like the one uh i think it ended up being a touchdown to jordan addison where he's like getting sacked and he just throws it last second and addison scoops it up off the ground before it touches the ground Um, i mean there were a few questionable things like that too where it's like and I think even Dustin Baker did yeah, something I was gonna bring today. That up. Like this play went from like, ah, oh, ah, ah, ah. yeah, it was like, no, 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 don't, don't throw it. Oh, oh, he's gonna take the sack. Dang it! No, oh, oh, dang it! He threw it. Oh, he he caught it. Yes, touchdown! Like it just you did a way coaster. better job of. <laughs> I just added words to it. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I, this is gonna sound crazy, and. I promise you I don't mean it the way that it's going to sound. Mullins has some Brett Favre in him. Mullins is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is not Brett Favre. But he's got that gunslinger mentality, and I'm pretty sure when Brett Favre retired, he he was number one in both touchdown passes 
in NFL history, as well as interceptions. <laughs> so it, you're going to get some of that. And I'm pretty sure Mullins was two and two as far as touchdown passes and interceptions yes. against the Bengals. Yes. Um, so I think that regardless how, of how good or bad you are, the gunslinger mentality that Mullins shares with Brett Favre is going to come with some ups and downs. I even tweeted it. <laughs> like I said, we're milking this whole friendship with Dustin Baker for all we can. But I tweeted at Dustin Baker saying, this whole Mullins thing is going to end with an ill-timed, across-the-body interception in the NFC Championship game, isn't it? Um, referring to 2009. Oh. <laughs> at this point, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> no, I don't think I have another heartbreaking loss like that in me that might i might have to take a year off from the skull hop if we lose like that again but considering <sighs> all that's happened this season <laughs> yeah, one that's and true one and four start losing jj for a chunk in the season losing kirk cousins playing at his best oh my for the rest of the season losing countless other players mm -hmm. to injury at either you know, different points throughout the season or for the rest of the season. It, it's been a tough go for the Vikings from an injury standpoint. Yeah. And to be to be seven and seven and to still have a shot at the playoffs at this point, you got three divisional games left. I mean, man, to to make it to the NFC championship game. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be And if you remember wild. all the way back, I think it was episode three of the Skull Hop, the coin predicted an NFC championship game appearance for the Vikings. It sure did. Do you a remember? loss. Yeah, yeah. It predicted a loss, but the coin predicted that the Vikings would make it all the way to that phase of the playoffs. And to toot my own horn a little bit too, on that same episode, we made our individual picks, or we at least announced our individual picks, um, and I predicted a 10-7 and seven season for the Vikings, and so far, I've only gotten one prediction, one game wrong between my prediction and what's actually happened, and that was week one against the Bucks. I said they would win. Outside of that, my personal, and, you know, it's all luck. I'm not the world's smartest person by any means. Um, but outside of that one game, I'm completely correct, at least in the win-loss. And uh, let's hope that I'm incorrect again, because I think I predicted these final three games to be win-win-loss. So let's hope I'm wrong about two games this season and we go win-win-win. Well, even with a win-win-loss, I mean, we're still looking at what? We're looking at... It'd be 9 and 8. 98% chance of making the playoffs. So. Which would be huge. When at this moment, it's what, 50-ish? It's a, essentially a coin flip as things sit right now on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, the 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 reason it's so up in the air right now is the Vikings still have three divisional games to go, yeah. and two of those divisional games are against the current division leader. Mm -hmm. So there there's a lot of NFC North football to be played, and it's it's going to come down to week sixteen and week eighteen, mm -hmm. and we've been saying this all along. Yeah, but. The Lions can't be feeling secure right now. They can't be feeling like, ah, oh, we've got this in the bag. I mean, they're coming off a game where they scored 42 points. 
if the Vikings had just scored 42 points, we would be talking about, oh, it's a it's a cakewalk from here. The Lions might be feeling pretty good right now. And they have to go up against Brian Flores and that defense, though. I don't Ooh, know. Yeah, and the Cowboys, who looked vulnerable last week. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, realistically, the Vikings have an uphill battle. Realistically, the Lions, it's not a cakewalk, but they probably have a, a better chance you know, objectively than the Vikings do at this point. I don't know. It's It will be a very entertaining, hopefully happy for Vikings fans, three weeks. And I think at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's really only two scenarios. The Vikings are a sixth seed playing at Detroit in the wild card round. Yeah. Or the Vikings are a three seed hosting Detroit, who becomes the sixth seed. I don't know that there's another scenario other than that. Yeah, I feel like the highest they could be would be the three seed, right? Because who are, haven't there already been? The Niners, did Niners they win already, the division? The Niners have already clinched their division, I think. And Did they, or did they just clin- clinch a playoff spot? They're in the playoffs. I don't know if they clinched it. Because, I mean, that's, you know, Cowboys, Eagles, like, they're, they're all. No, the Niners are not in the Niners are the West. Yeah, okay. They may have already clinched. I know they clinched a playoff spot, and but I, I know the Cowboys have clinched as well. The Eagles have clinched as well. Yeah, but like the Cowboys, so you're talking Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. They can't be one, two, three seeds because the Cowboys and the Eagles are in the same right. division. So I think right the Cowboys now, or Eagles are either going to be the two or the five, five seeds. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're probably right. The Vikings could be as good as the three seed. Or as bad as the six, well, really the Possibly seventh seed, six but, or seven. But yeah, it's probably more likely if they make the playoffs, they'll either be the three or I the think, six. I think with the conference record, they'll win any tiebreaker and for the most part take yeah. that six seed. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're either hosting a game against the Eagles or the Cowboys, whoever loses their division. Um. Oh, uh, maybe. Because if you're the three seed, you're probably playing... The six seed. The six seed. And that wouldn't be the Eagles or the Cowboys. That would be one of the other that's, I seven, think that's what I'm saying. teams. Like, yeah. I, I think it's it's Vikings-Lions no matter what. Yep. If the Vikings make the playoffs, it's Vikings-Lions no matter what. It's just a matter of who's the three and who's the six and who hosts. Unless they luck into it and get the seven seed by losing a few more games than they should and then getting help by getting in the playoffs. And if they're the seven seed, they're going to um, San Francisco, San Francisco mm-hmm. and hopefully Cinderella ing <laughs> against the, the 49ers. So there's a few options. We could be talking about draft status right now. We could be talking about, Oh, the Vikings have anywhere between the fifth and the 12th pick in the the draft and i don't want to talk about no but like i'm saying like we (laughs) that could be a reality and when the vikings were one and four that's where we were headed for sure and to be a week less than a week away from christmas and talking about who they might play in the playoffs that's a win that that's a huge win yep and we're gonna ride that train until it Till it ends. Mm-hmm. And we've said it before. I know I've said it. I'm a fan of the team. I'm never going to root for losses just for playoff or for um, draft stock because if there's a guy they want, they're going to do everything they can to trade around and pay whatever they have to pay to get that guy. 
uh, whether they have the first pick or the 32nd, um, the draft will figure itself out. That's a whole nother animal. That's other podcast episodes. Right now you're in the season and until the Super Bowl is out of reach, it's in reach. I mean, you're still within playoff talking, so you're still in the dance. That's the optimism that I like to hear out of you. Yeah, but it's hard when <laughs> when you see Kirk Cousins go down. Well, yeah. let's start looking at quarterbacks in the draft. Like that's my initial gut check, first thought. But I want my team to win. Darn it! I want to see a freaking super. I'm literally wearing a shirt right now that says "Just One Before I Die." That would be nice. Yeah, I think it's possible. You know, Dustin Baker for the. T- 12th time we're mentioning his name when we talked to him last week and i asked him about if he feels bad for bringing his kids into this (laughs) fandom he said like yeah my son's probably got another 75 80 years left in him the vikings are gonna win a super bowl in that time and i kind of got scared like i don't have 75 years left in me like (laughs) i might have like i don't know 50 are are the Vikings? they've already been a team for 60 years they've never won it what if they don't win in the next 50 years, Ev? Like, what are we going to do? We'll be fans no matter what. We'll be old men on the skull hop. Welcome to the skull <laughs> hop. We can't drink beer anymore. Because <laughs> we're so old. <laughs> but we'll be here. And we'll be talking about, hopefully, multiple Viking Super Bowls by then. We'll have to, we'll have to pause the podcast a few times to go take our meds. <laughs> No, we'll just have the IV drips right here and the <laughs> catheters. We won't even have to get up for anything. We'll do it from the hospital room. That would be ideal. <laughs> I, we should probably wrap this up because I don't have a catheter. I'm <laughs> going to need to, you know, yeah. take care of that pretty soon. But good beer. I do like this beer. What is it? The Peach Tree or Peace, Peace tree. tree. Peace Tree. Sorry. Red Rambler. Knoxville, Iowa. Yep. Uh, the Red Rambler. What was it? 4.8%? A little more than that. 5.8. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good beer. Good beer. Definitely would have it again. Um, And we haven't had a peace tree on the show yet. So I don't know if I've, I'm sure I have, but I can't think of a time I've had peace tree. Uh, I definitely will now because this beer is really good. It's good stuff. Well, good chat, good beer, and uh, some optimism moving forward for the Vikings. Hopefully we can get into the playoffs and hopefully we have some more Vikings football to talk about. Yeah beyond these next three weeks yeah and we're gonna the skull hop will be here weekly through the playoffs or at least through right before the super bowl yep Uh, maybe longer we haven't really talked about it but we'll be here so you can join us here until Until next next time time. Skull. skull Hey Vikings fans, Evan here from the Skull Hop and we just wanted to say thank you again so much for listening to the Skull Hop and we also wanted to take one more opportunity to let you know that this episode of the Skull Hop has been brought to you by Big Top Ventures. If you're considering taking an all-inclusive trip to either Mexico or Jamaica, reach out to our friends at Big Top Ventures at bigtopventuresllc at gmail.com. Once again, that's Big Top Ventures LLC at gmail.com. You can get the lowest rate possible on several all-inclusive resorts throughout the region. Big Top Ventures, step right up to your next big adventure. And thanks again for listening to the Skull Hop. Skull. <laughs>